Welcome to the Sooners Extra Post Game uh, Twitter Spaces. I'm Ryan Aber, joined by uh, Jenny Carlson. Hopefully, shortly we'll have uh, Justin Martinez here. Also, we're uh, making our way out of Amon G. Carter Stadium uh, down here in Fort Worth, where on Saturday, no other way to put it, Oklahoma got whipped 55 to 24 uh, by the Horned Frogs. Just a uh, uh, total destruction on each side of the ball. But, Justin, uh, got to start with the OU defense, which obviously performed really poorly against Kansas State, but uh, it, you know even more so today. Uh, the secondary was—I uh, don't know how else to put it—but to say it was a disaster. Uh, tackling not great, and uh, just all kinds of injuries across the board. Yeah, you know, there was a concern heading into this game that, you know, the Kansas State outing, the way the defense played in that one, you know, maybe that's just who this defense is. You know, maybe we were a little bit misled by non-conference play and how that group looked. And, you know, I guess today was just kind of further confirmation of that, that this defense has its issues. You know, it's in the secondary, like you said, there were major breakdowns where where TCU was able to get some really big uh, receiving touchdowns couple of them for over 60 yards on the ground. Uh, Max Dugan was able to run really with ease and get some some big touchdowns as well. Broken tackles. I mean, just a, a lot of problems for this group that heading into this season was believed to be one of the bigger strengths of the team. Yeah, Jenny, of, of all the problems that we saw with OU's defense today, and, and there were many, Justin touched on uh, a lot of them there, what to you is the most concerning when you talk about big picture moving forward? Well, I don't know. <laughs> it's a, it's a lot. I, 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 uh, I quizzed uh, the uh, sooner defensive reps that came to our post game press conference, what most concerned them and basically got different answers by all three. Ted Roof saying explosive plays, Danny Stutzman talking about um, trust um, just a lot of things. I think maybe the thing that concerns me most is that there's such a laundry list of things. You know, it's not like they are great against the run and, you know, horrible against the pass. It's not like, you know, they have um, obvious things. If we just work on this, it'll make it all better. There's a lot of stuff to fix. And to me, that's, that's got to be a big-time concern for Oklahoma moving forward. Yeah, it really is that it, so many of those things. But uh, the to me, the explosive plays and you you see the breakdowns uh, with that, and some of it was the same things uh, that we saw last week. I mean, heck, you think about uh, Max Dugan's long uh, touchdown run uh, there early, the sixty-seven yarder in the the uh, about midway through the first quarter. A lot of that was, uh, you know, it, it appeared that uh, Danny Stutzman wasn't in the right place and all of a sudden, uh, you know, doesn't set the edge and uh, Duggan's gone and uh, the, the route is on uh, there. Uh, what certainly wasn't the only uh, deep play that they had. Uh, TCU scored a 73-yarder a little bit before that, less than a minute actually, or a little bit more than a minute before that actually. Uh you know, they had a 62-yarder, a 69-yarder, just a lot of really big plays 
that you know we didn't see from this defense early in the season, but you know now we're sort of learning. Maybe that was a little bit of a mirage, Justin. Yeah, for sure. And I think another thing that we haven't really touched on is is the lack of pressure the defensive line has been able to force. I mean, beginning of the season, you were looking at Reggie Grimes was was racking up sacks. You know, Ethan Downs was getting a few of them. I mean, the group was really priding itself in its ability to put pressure on the quarterback. And then last game against Kansas State, no sacks. Today, they get one. I mean, just the inability to – to really apply pressure at the line of scrimmage, I think it's another thing that's really concerning. It's kind of adding to the list of, of concerns for the defense. Yeah, the you know that that inability to uh, apply pressure is certainly concerning, and uh, I think it sort of ties in with all the other defensive issues that they had because Kansas State made it a get part of their game plan to try to take uh, Grimes and Downs sort of out of the equation and force other guys to to beat them that didn't happen obviously and and now uh, teams I, I think in part that's a little bit of a blueprint on how to uh, go about defending or uh, go about attacking the Sooners defense and uh, it, it's going to be something that's going to keep uh, flashing but you know another one of the big concerns today Jenny uh, is the the secondary and the way that they performed um, you know, it, it, we knew that they had some issues there, but to see it laid out the way that it was today and the pass interference calls earlier that were almost uh, necessitated by the plays, the way they were setting up, that they were preventing even longer uh, plays, more explosive plays, and, uh, you know, just never could find an answer back there. And then they lose uh, Billy Bowman. Early in the game, they lose Demond Harmon late in the game. A couple other guys banged up. Can I Walker as well? So, all kinds of uh, concerns in that the back end of that defense, also. For sure, yeah. I mean, I think all that's spot on. And you know, had Billy Bowman, I, we we looked like he got hurt on a kickoff return. Uh, I watched him walk off the field, and he didn't seem to be having trouble walking. So you have to think maybe that injury was something more upper body. Um, so what that is and how long-term that might be, I don't know. But clearly he's been playing great for the defense in the secondary. But, you know, a week ago we saw K-State was able to get, uh, you know, their, their tight end um, sprung free a couple times in the secondary. And, you know, you kind of figure that's, uh, that's a, a, a bit of a concern. But then, you know, the, the warning light starts flashing today when you've got, you know, all sorts of receivers running open. And let's remember, too, the way TCU, you know, opened up the score by halftime. Really, there wasn't much need to run um, some of that same stuff in the second half. So while you didn't maybe see as many giant busts, although there weren't definitely weren't, there were some bad moments in the second half, it wasn't nearly to the level in the second half just because TCU knew they didn't have to be, they didn't have to do that anymore. They didn't have to show the playbook anymore. So they really backed off some of that stuff. And I think it adds sort of further alarm when you think, you know, if they wanted to, they probably could have kept right on doing it. And, you know, to have to have guys so wide open and then when they're covered well to not have guys able to make plays on the ball without penalty, um, you know, that's it, it, TCU obviously good throwing the ball around. Um, I think there are some additional 
higher level challenges when it comes to passing game. You know, we, we've seen what Kansas has been able to do offensively. Oklahoma State seems able to throw it around a bit. Um, so, you know, and heck, next week, I know we'll talk this a little bit and more as the week goes on, but, you know, with Texas next week, if uh, Quinn Ewers gets back on the field, what does that mean? So, yeah, just a, a lot of layers of concern um, for Oklahoma's defense right now. Yeah, no doubt about it. Jenny, uh, sticking with you uh, on this, how fixable do you feel like uh, uh, really all of those major issues are, but are there any that you can pinpoint as, as ones that you feel like they can fix and ones that you see that, you know, maybe there's no way to, to get past them until they, you know, recruit uh, a little bit better, whether it's depth or just frontline frontline talent on that defense. Yeah, I think some of it probably is longer term fixes, but you know, you, you see, you see guys that are in position to make plays or uh, could be in position to make plays. You know, we, we saw some bad angles taken by would be tacklers a week ago. We saw a couple more today, you know, guys that if you play out the scenario the right way, they're likely going to be able to make the play. So you've got guys that, you know, are sort of, I don't know, what would you say, 75 or 80% the way to actually making a play. To me, that's the type of thing that I, I would think is more fixable than, than maybe some things because if they're that close, you can just figure out how to unlock, you know, unlock the key where you don't have linebackers taking really bad angles on running, you know, ball carriers. Um, you don't have defensive backs, um, you know, not even turning to find the ball at all. You know, just some some things that they're maybe in a position to make a play, but then, you know, fail miserably right at the end. You know, what's that what's that uh, what's that fix at the end? And, you know, maybe that's easier said than done. I'm sure it is. But if you're if you're in some sort of position to come close to making a play, that's where I think surely there's a a way to, to to get some of those guys over the hump to go ahead and you know, track down a ball carrier or make a play on a, on a, on a receiver and, and get some things done that way. Yeah, it, it is. And uh, Justin, I want to go back to you. It, you know, last week, so many problems with the linebackers and got a lot of questions over, well, you know, why aren't they playing Jaron Connect? Why, will they roll in some of the freshmen? Brent Venables said Kobe McKenzie, Kip Lewis or, or redshirting. You know, didn't see a, a lot. Well, didn't see any of Connect last week. Defensively, didn't see any of Shane Witter. Today, we saw a little bit of those guys, but like they throw Shane Witter out there, and I think it was uh, three plays after he comes in the game, he's uh, getting called off the field. It's clear that they do not like the depth there beyond those uh, starters who are struggling themselves. It, it's going to be hard to fix specifically that linebacker group uh, right now with what they've got, they're just going to have to, it seems like, uh, figure out ways to sort of scheme around uh, David Aguebu and, and Danny Stutzman and Deshaun White. Yeah, I mean, going back to, to what you would ask, Jenny, I would imagine you put that under the category of things that are really going to be long-term problems they're going to have to fix with the next recruiting class. I mean, like you said, there's just not a lot of options at that position, you know? So, I mean, what you got is kind of what you got. 
Um, and unfortunately, right now, David Weibu, Sean White, like you said, not playing their best. I mean, there's a few solutions in the sense that maybe you could move Deshaun White back to linebacker, a guy like Justin Harrington and Etchita, just try to mix it up that way. But in terms of, like, you know, what other options they have, I mean, there is Jaron Kanak a little bit, but other than that, there's not a whole lot for this group. So it's going to be an ongoing problem, it looks like, for this this defense. Yeah, and, and we heard Brent Venables say that even after, you know, what happened in Nebraska and, and Jaron Connect's sort of extended tryout there that he said basically he has no clue how to play a linebacker. He's just going out there and making some physical plays that he can with his athletic ability. It's clear that they don't fully feel comfortable enrolling him out there. You know, could that happen later in the season? Yes, I think it potentially could. There's, there's no doubt about the guy's athletic talent. It's just figuring out how to play that spot. But, um, you know, it's different going against Nebraska. And I know it sounds weird saying that, but Nebraska, you know, uh, is uh, not what they've been, certainly, and not what OU is uh, facing here uh, moving forward. Um, and, you know, you mentioned Justin Harrington. Heck, Harrington had to be out on the field most of today with Deshaun White. So that sort of limits uh, that option maybe. Certainly if uh, some of those guys are, are hurt uh, long-term, especially Billy Bowman. But, uh, you know, we saw DeMont Harmon uh, go down. A couple other guys got banged up a little bit. Kenai Walker uh, got banged up a couple times actually. So um, it, it's just going to be really tough. It's just going to be, I think, down to – uh, Brent Venables and Ted Roof to try to find ways to scheme around some of those issues and, and cover them up. I don't think they're going to be ones that are going to be fixed overnight or anytime soon, but you know, maybe you can figure out ways to, to uh, cover those up. Uh, but it's really a disappointing uh, performance again uh, from the defense, which I had said uh, from the start was improved over what we saw last year based on the physicality and some of those other things that I thought I saw through the first three games. But, you know, I, I think, Jenny, over these last couple games, you start to think, uh, you know, maybe that's more on who they were playing than any improvement on their side. Yeah, I mean, I think there was a little bit of, uh, you know, false sense of security. And, and probably even though we knew Nebraska was diminished, um, it's still, you know, to see what OU did up there. I think it's easy to, you know, still think, okay, well, you know, UTEP, Kent State, okay, not big tests there, but, you know, it, it is still Nebraska. Well, I mean, I think it, it pretty clearly is not um, to the same level of, of what, as you said, Ryan, what the Sooners are now facing in Big 12 play. So a harsh reality um, has sort of set in here. And, yeah, I, I think – you know, when I sort of think about what can be done to help, um, to me, it's something you mentioned a little bit ago, Ryan. I think that defensive line um, really, and I don't, I don't know if that means, um, you know, potentially playing more guys, um, you know, whether it means, uh, you know, bringing more uh, pressure. Uh, they did that a couple times today. Uh, a couple times it worked. A few times it didn't. Um, so that's a risk. I mean, when you, when you blitz guys, um, from your linebacker cheater group group, you know, you're, you're kind of giving yourself, uh, you know, very limited, uh, uh, 
you know, air, room for air there when it comes to those situations. But to me, that may be a, a, a thing that, you know, Ted Roof and Brent Venables have to rely on even more is, you know, just what their front can do to try to get in the backfield and disrupt people. Um, because if you let a quarterback stand back there, secondary is going to have trouble. And clearly, you know, if somebody takes off, there's all sorts of issues that start popping up. So I think maybe that if there's a, a way to try to scheme for this, maybe that's it. But it's um, yeah, it, it's it's just a harsh reality right now, because, you know, as we've talked in other circles, you know, this Big 12 situation where you've got 10 teams that are not all that different from each other. I mean, you, you don't even West Virginia the team that most people would put at the bottom, I don't necessarily know that anybody would say if they beat Texas tonight that that would be a huge, huge upset. You know, I think that there's not a ton of space between teams at the top and teams at the bottom, and that makes it really hard for Oklahoma because it used to be that you thought, you know, if they were in this predicament a couple of years ago, well, there's at least a couple of games on the schedule that you look at and say, these are for sure wins. Now, I'm not sure where those for sures are for Oklahoma. Yeah, I mean, heck, you look at the schedule, and we talked about this up in the press box, but, you know, depending on what happens next week, it's not out of the realm of possibility that Kansas comes into Norman here in two weeks as a favorite. In Absolutely. Based on, you know, what they've done to this point and, and what OU hasn't done. But, Jenny, going back to the, the defensive line issue that you said, you know, one of the problems today is their, their depth at defensive end was zapped. And that was a, a, a spot where they felt really good about, one of the few spots on defense that they felt really good about the depth there. But without Marcus Stripling, without our Mason Pitts again today, there's not a whole lot of guys that they can roll out there uh, beyond growing downs. And, uh, you know, clearly they don't trust Clayton Smith a, a ton right now. We, saw, we did see him late in the game, but uh, not a ton. And uh, it, it just becomes much more difficult to try to roll guys in, which they wanted to do as part of this defense, when you've got, uh, you know, a couple of key pieces like that out. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, there's, there's you know, sort of trouble uh, with trouble. Um, I don't know if I cut Justin off. Justin, did I cut you off? You did not. <laughs> lucky me yeah but I mean I think that just that's just a reminder Ryan what you said that you know it's a it's a a, there's compounding issues all across the board and um, you know I think in you know in a few years when Brent Venables has a chance to bring in guys that better fit what he wants and you know continue to build that depth and that talent it's a whole different ball game but that's not where they are right now and I don't, I don't, I mean, I think they can get better this year, but I don't know how much better. Yeah, I I don't either. And it's going to be really difficult. Like you said, against these, this league that's so, so compact. So so, with so much parity, it's going to be really tough to uh, break through that. Uh, Justin, let's go to you. Let's uh, switch gears a little bit and move over to the offensive side. And I guess let's start with Dylan Gabriel. And Gabriel uh, was was hurt, uh, you know, got sort of knocked out on a, a targeting call there early in the second quarter. But 
even before that, it was, uh, I don't know if disaster is quite the right word, but it was not good at all for Dylan Gabriel today. Yeah, I mean, there were there were a lot of missed opportunities, a lot of times where he overthrew people, threw it behind guys, um, just missed out on some big plays. So, I mean, th- there were already problems before he went down, and obviously there's even more now. Um, not knowing what his availability is going to be looking like moving forward, um, yeah, it's just—I guess—it's just another problem you can add to the to the list of concerns. You know, I mean, Davis Bevel, you know, I guess were to be fair. I mean, he was thrown into a tough environment. You know, he was thrown into a tough situation, but I mean, he looked overwhelmed when he was out there. Which again, you can kind of understand, but still, I mean, he looked overwhelmed when he was out there. Was kind of reluctant to throw the ball at first, scramble, but wasn't really too quick when he did scramble. I mean, there's there's going to be some problems if, if Gabriel isn't able to come back for sure. But then, even if he is able to come back, whenever he is, I mean, even then, you still need to address the fact that he had some really inaccurate passes uh, in this game. That you know, at least at the start of the season. That's what he could pride he could pride himself in was he was at least efficient. You know, he wasn't gonna be the big play type of guy, but he was at least efficient. And up until he got hurt in this one, he wasn't too efficient. Hey, you know, guys, sort of in the same way that the defense after a, a shaky performance, uh, you know, that's putting it nicely after a shaky performance last week got worse this week. I felt the same way about Gabriel before he got hurt. You know, he he was off at inopportune times last week. Uh, on numerous occasions, but overall, still, you could say, played, you know, good to decent, decent to good, or whatever you want to say. But today, it just felt like those issues that were sort of bubbling up last week had become compounded. And in my mind, this is a, a the way that things were trending heading into today, but definitely now feel this way that offense was going to have to outscore people. And, you know, now, depending on, you know, Dylan Gabriel's status moving forward, obviously his health and well-being is top of mind. But, man, you, you got to have an offense that's clicking and able, you know, sort of like the days of Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray to go, you know, punch for punch with the other team because it looks like opponents are going to have a chance to score. Oklahoma's got to figure out a way to get some points on the board. Yeah, they really are, and it's going to be difficult, I I think. I mean, coming into this game, I said Oklahoma's offense was good enough to to win them a lot of games. But what we saw today, even before Dylan Gabriel's uh, injury, was just really bad overthrows repeatedly. You know, I think about the uh, the third and fourth down uh, ones on the, the drive there early in the game where he overthrows Braden Willis, and I can't remember who he overthrew on the second one, but I think it might have been Marvin Mims. Just not good throws at all. And the one thing, uh, like I think Justin said, that, you know, we had uh, sort of hung, Gabriel had hung his hat on was the accuracy uh, going into this season. And, and Jeff Levy talked that up a ton before the season, early in the season. We just haven't seen that lately. And it's it disappeared. And even if Dylan Gabriel is healthy, there's a lot of questions about this offense after what we saw uh, TCU uh, do to it today. Now, clearly, again, the slow start's an issue. 
they turn the ball over on the first drive and, and all of a sudden they're behind and uh, digging out of a hole yet again. But uh, they're, they're just not making those plays even beyond the you – know, think about Dylan Gabriel isn't as flashy as any of the other quarterbacks that they've really had since Lincoln Riley – uh, came in, in 2015, but there's not the ability to just go out there and uh, you know sort of grind out those those points, those drives uh, like that. It's if they don't strike quick, a lot of times they're not going to strike at all, and that's uh, really concerning. Even with some of the success of the the running game, the, I, th- I thought the offensive line actually played you know, pretty well today, but, uh, even with that, even with this success of, uh, Eric Gray there, there, uh, it's going to be really difficult for them offensively, uh, to, uh, you know, be consistent and, and be able to, to outscore opponents for sure. Yeah. I don't see it happening. I don't know what you think, Justin, but you know, Eric Gray hurt today. Um, I again, saw him running off the field. Don't know that I, you know, didn't see any noticeable limp or problem. I think ankle was what we sort of deducted was his issue. So I don't know if that'll be a long-term thing or not. But even at that, they got some decent yardage out of, you know, backup guys. And that's that's a positive, you know, when you've got an offensive line able to move people and get some, you know, decent, especially because everybody knew that they were going to run the ball with Davis Bevel in the game. Um, I think that that was a, a positive. But, uh, yeah, I don't I – don't, I, that I don't know how what the offense looks like. Uh, you know, can can they can they figure out a way to score points if Gabriel's out for a while? I don't I don't know. I mean, I, Justin, I'll let you chime in, but it just it feels like again another another question mark for this team. Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree. And even on the offensive line, I mean, you look at Wanya Morris got hurt in this one. Um, Anton Harrison and Andrew Rain they got shaken up. They played through it, but you know that's going to be something to monitor as well. Um, like you said, I, I do think that they, they played well as a group today. They did allow um, – give some opportunities for a guy like Javante Barnes who really took advantage of it. Uh, I thought that was a really encouraging sight, 100 yards for him on the ground, two touchdowns on 18 carries. So there are some positives for sure. But even then, I mean, there's still going to be concerns if, if this team can keep up offensively, which like Ryan had said was kind of going to be the thing they'd have to lean on uh, with these defensive struggles. So it just seems like, you know, there's there's concerns on both sides of the ball. And, you know, it's 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 a tough situation for them because like we've been talking about, there are no easy games in this in this conference. And, you know, if the defense isn't playing well and the offense has its issues as well, then it's it's gonna be a tough outing for, for OU. Yeah, I want to hit on uh, two more topics before we wrap this up and we all uh, convene to hit the road back to Norman. Uh First, uh, Jenny, what to you, outside of Gabriel, which I, I think we all agree with is the most, uh, the, the issue of the biggest concern when you talk about all the injuries that they faced, uh, both today and, and coming in, injuries and absences. Didn't see Marcus Major uh, today, mentioned the defensive end guys. Outside of Gabriel, though, which guy that got banged up today or wasn't available today is the most concern moving forward for the Sooners? No, that's a good question. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think, you know, Eric Gray would be a concern considering the way 
we've sort of seen him emerge. And especially if Gabriel's out long term, I think having him out is is definitely a concern. And I think as we talked before, you know, if you've got guys that could potentially add to the add to a uh, you know pretty thin defensive line, an area where maybe you can make a little bit of of headway in your defense. To me, that's probably top of mind for me. Um, and, and truthfully seeing Eric Gray walk off the field and, you know, not look like he was in a ton of pain. Maybe he's a situation where, you know, he just needs some, some rest time. So maybe it becomes those defensive linemen. Um, if they're long-term absences, uh, that could really hinder, uh, an area that could potentially help this defense, which, you know, it needs all the help it can get. Yeah, what about you, Justin? Yeah, I'd agree that it's it's Eric Ray, especially if, if Dylan Gabriel isn't able to play or is forced to miss some time. I mean, you would think he'd be a guy that they'd really want to lean on um, in the run game. So aside from him, you know, I think I think Wanya Morris, like I mentioned, that's a, a one that's definitely going to be concerning because the offensive line is trending in the right direction and, you know, any sort of injuries or setbacks for that group is cause for concern as well. So that will probably be the main one aside from, from Dylan and, and Eric. Yeah, I would have to agree there. I, I think Eric Gray, for what he's become, I, I had questions over whether he could be an every down type of back going into the season. And he, certainly he's uh, grabbed that role and, and really run away with it. And with all the offensive issues that they're having, with all the defensive issues that they're having, that becomes – you know, magnified. And, you know, we saw that today, especially without Marcus Major out there. We'll see how long he's out. But is Javante Barnes ready to even be that guy for a game or two? I'm not sure. And they really need uh, Eric Gray back in there. Didn't think that injury was that major. I thought just from watching him on the sidelines, maybe that's just something where at the time the game's out of hand. You, uh, you know, sit him down and, and live to fight another day. But to me, the Wanya Morris's injury is really important because, one, he was wearing a sling uh, near the end of the game. And uh, if that is something that keeps him out long term, I think this offensive line transformed when he uh, got out there and they played so much better. Even last week with all the penalty issues that they had, and they had plenty, Wanya Morris was part of that. They we're blocking a whole lot better and uh, to, to lose that and to have to go through that shuffle again, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, bouncing Guyton and, and Harrison around or, or whatever they decide to do, it, it becomes so much more difficult to find that continuity up front. So that's an injury that I've, I'm really uh, got an eye on that. I've really got an eye on here uh, moving forward for them. Uh, Jenny also got a touch on DeMont Harmon uh, there at the end. Just a really scary situation there with the game. I think it stopped 15 or 20 minutes. Brent Venable was in pretty severe pain and back issue before that. you know, we'll see if he might get held overnight uh, down here, but he is uh, receiving treatment. Brent Venables mentioned uh, getting an MRI on him before he's able to uh, get cleared out. So just a, a scary thing there at the end. No doubt about it. Yeah, that was definitely um, 
definitely not. Um, I mean, we didn't see a big hit. Um, I think the the uh, situation was he hit his head uh, on a running back's knee, so not something that was sort of obvious maybe, but pretty clearly a, 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 a bad situation. Um, don't know that he necessarily lost consciousness or anything, um, but clearly – you know, a lot of concern, and and if he does, if he has had issues in the in the past, which it sounds like he has, I'm sure that that was you know as much a you know just a moment for him that was you know very scary. And we saw that Kanai Walker, a guy that he, uh, he he he's known for several years and knows him well, really struggling with it. I think that was part of it, probably just the the fear that I'm sure. Um, was out there, you know, in, in his eyes. And then, you know, to, for a friend to see him like that, I'm sure that that compounded things. So definitely a tough moment, uh, tough time at the end of a, of a tough day for Oklahoma. Yeah, no doubt about it. Now the Sooners turn their attention to Texas. And Justin, I asked this question, and we'll wrap up with uh, this discussion. I asked this question to a couple of the guys afterwards, a couple of the guys who were around uh, two years ago when OU dropped the first two games of Big 12 play uh, to, to Kansas State and Iowa State before going to Texas, turned things around, wound up winning the Big 12 that year. I asked them, can a game like Texas and having this game right in front of you help to spur some kind of turnaround? They said that it could. Uh, you know, what, what do you make of that? Yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, if, if you're going to play your best in any game, it's going to be against a rival, you know, where you have as much motivation in the world on top of the fact that you're trying to get back on track and get that, that taste of, of two straight losses out of your mouth. I mean, they should have plenty of motivation to come out here and play their, their best football um, this upcoming weekend against Texas. I I would think so. I, I think it can go one of two ways. I think it can – be a motivating factor, although talking to the guys, it didn't sound like motivation was the problem today. Uh, as much as you know, some of them wanted to say, oh, we're, we're just going to work harder and, and be motivated to go turn this thing around. Yeah, I, I think this problem goes far beyond just motivation. But, Jenny, you, know, you were around two years ago. We saw that kind of turnaround that happened there. Can you see anything similar happening with this group? And how much do you think a game like this uh, on the horizon can can help or hurt that cause? Yeah, it's going to be an interesting week because, you know, we could go from, um, you know, a, a quarterback matchup of Dylan Gabriel and Quinn Ewers to a quarterback matchup of Hudson Card and Davis, uh, Davis Bevel. I mean, uh, the Sooners could have a backfield of Bevel and, uh, Barnes, I guess, would, would potentially be their starting backfield for, for OU Texas. I mean, that's not what anybody was thinking they'd be uh, looking at when they got to this point. So it's going to be weird to, just depending on personnel, which, you know, there may not be quick answers for Oklahoma. They may not know the status of some of these guys until they get a little closer to next Saturday. So I think it's going to be a really challenging week because, you know, who are you, who are you, who are you throwing out there in practice? Who are you scheming around? What are you trying to, you know, who do you have and what are their, what are their potential strengths and how can you use them? I think that's going to be a real challenge. But, you know, pretty clearly 
um, while we're talking about that, you know, I'm thinking more about offense, but in reality, it's, it's a defense. I mean, they can't, they can't do what they did today or last week again, or they don't, it doesn't matter who's on offense. I mean, they could bring back Baker Mayfield and Adrian Peterson and they might still struggle. I mean, maybe not, but they might, you know, I mean, it's, it seems like that's possible just the way the defense is playing. So I think that that's the real question. Can the defense get some measure of improvement before that, that game next Saturday? It is that, but I, I do think OU fans would, uh, Embrace the chance to have Baker Mayfield and Adrian Peterson playing for this group, and I, I think they would no take, doubt they would take that uh, that opportunity, you know, a hundred times out of a hundred to get those guys because we know, especially with Baker Mayfield, when he was there, they often had to overcome uh, defensive uh, inefficiencies, um, defensive problems to win a game, win games, and they won a lot of them. Uh, certainly. Uh, put themselves in better shape than, than this team uh, to this point. So we'll see how the Sooners respond on Saturday uh, in, in Texas in the Cotton Bowl. But uh, just a, a rough day, a lot of questions as we leave uh, Fort Worth today. But we'll hear you know, what Brent Venables has to say on uh, Tuesday, what uh, Ted Roof and Jeff Levy, who we talked to after the game today, if they have any better idea of, of what to expect uh, coming up and any better diagnosis of the problems that went on today. But, uh, you know, for now, we're going to wrap it up uh, from down here in Fort Worth. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back Tuesday after Brent Venables talks to uh, break down the Sooners again. Look forward a little bit more to OU Texas uh, next weekend and see what uh, lies on the horizon for the Sooners. Thank you so much for joining us. You can check out our work every day at Oklahoma.com and every morning in the Oklahoma for the best OU coverage anyway.